0: Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, conversations with a cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as in being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare-to-work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler, so let's join the conversation.
1: Hello, and welcome to Canny Conversations. These are conversations with a cause that we hope will um, captivate your curiosity Cannily. And uh, my name's Adrian Kibler, and with me today uh, is safra Ali. Saf, how are you doing? Not so bad. I'm all right, thank you. Good to see you. You're not so bad. Been lo- lo-
2: There's a few things been going on. I've uh, been working on the Canny uh, uh, Conversations podcast website, canny conversations podcast.co.uk that's what it's called so I've been working on that i managed to go through i mean i mean you probably don't want to know now you've asked me the question i'll i'll give you the answer but managed to go through all the canny conversations videos and there's about 144 of those and i put them into uh well i can't i can't say i did all the work but our team myself and the team got together and we put them into into uh, sections and compartmentalised it, and put a little bit of uh, put them on the website. Um, so been quite quite uh, busy with no, that. Brilliant,
1: brilliant stuff. Our, uh, plus the day job, <laughs> our our, pod, our <laughs> podcast, of course, come from the the, the candy bite books. Have you been you doing any more writing, or have you got any plans I, I, in that I, direction?
2: I, I am writing, as you as, as I've mentioned a few times. It's, it's a little bit slower than my original plans. I wanted to get it, get it all out by now, but. Uh, little bit behind, I keep adding more content. it's not lack of content it's more it's more content it's and the the decision is the hard decision is trying to edit it and carry out really and cut it and uh, which is which is where we are but uh, I'm also reading around the topic that I'm writing about, so to see what others are doing what i what you know what the other authors are writing about what other you know, uh, people are talking about not just in terms of books, but videos, podcasts, and
1: so forth. Well, of course, editing is a, it, it, it's a difficult part of any writing process. I mean, I, I guess you've heard the story about the chap who wrote a letter to a friend, and it was a, a huge, great thing, Got, you know, six, 700 words. And he said, I'm sorry. This letter is so long. I didn't, I didn't have, time have time to, to write yeah, a, a short yeah, one. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's what you've been doing with your with your podcasting and your videoing and your, and your writing. But what about that? What about the real job, the, the, the day the, job? The
2: day job. The day job's got to kind of on. Me, there's a couple of couple of things that I try and try and uh, give commitment to. But in terms of the main day job, the pathway group stuff, we uh, we're currently recruiting, spending quite a bit of time in terms of recruiting the right people. Um, we're, you know, been doing a lot of bid writing tenders, different type of writing, you know, tender writing, looking at procurements. Uh, we've also been focusing on revamping some of our marketing and, and and the whole digitalization. You know, it's a very competitive environment out there and getting ready for uh, the new academic year and, and what our targets are and doing the end of year plans and so forth, so being involved with that. So it's all been quiet then? It's, I mean, it's a busy season, you know. Summer, the summer period, all the So it's A very busy season, and, and now into, in, into the new academic year. It's uh, there's a lot going on,
1: and before you know it, it's the end of the year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't just do the podcast, but we do, we do listen, don't we, to podcasts and to other people. And and and, and you pointed out to me uh, a, a podcast by a chap called Matthew Sired. Now, I don't know if many people. Know of Matthew's side, but he's a really interesting chap. He he wrote. Um, he does a lot of writing for a lot of the national newspapers, and he also actually played table tennis for, 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 for Great Britain, a good table tennis player. Uh, and he he did a podcast which which you pointed out to me, and uh, it was all about something called marginal gains. So why don't we have a chat about Marshall Gaines? What yeah, do you think?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Oodah Ooda Loops and all the rest of it. I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, he talks about rebel ideas. I mean, I got to know about Matthew Side originally when he was uh, doing the re- review of uh, Sky News, the paper review, and, and since then I've been sort of following him on you know LinkedIn and and various other formats and you know again on his website and so forth. And had a look at or listen to a few of his books on Audible. Uh, rebel ideas and so forth and he's a very interesting chap and uh, he you know, talks a lot about leadership a lot about improvements and again being a sports person and a lot of it is all all about getting that small one degree difference or one percent difference and to you know that competitive advantage uh, in terms of marginal gains, I mean, you know, we've we've spoken about it previously, and I wrote uh, in one of my Kenny bites about David Brailsford, and and you and I, I know, I know we've spoken about David Brailsford before, but he's the chap who was the head honcho, I'll say, Sir or Sir David Brailsford. Now, he was the head honcho, the head of the UK cycling team, as you as you know. That, that's right, um,
1: and, and also the, the head of the uh, the Sky. Uh, pro cycling team uh, which is now of course Ineos uh, Grenadiers Grenadiers. Uh, yeah, yeah, Grenadiers yeah you did well to pronounce, <laughs> pronounce that I mean one of the things that, that Sir David did was he, he, he and I know this is something you spoke to me about in the past you know sometimes it's not the big idea the the grand plan that that, that that can make the difference but if you break a process down into a lot of smaller things and you can get a little bit of advantage on each of those it can make a a huge difference. I mean, what Sir David did was, you know, when he was looking at the performance of his cyclists, um, you know, he looked at things like the clothing. You know, was it aerodynamic? Was it comfortable? He also looked at um, um, things, you know, like when they were on a on a on a race, a stage race over a number of days. You know, he made sure that they they had their own pillow. They took their own pillow. Whether well, they took their own teddy bear with them, I'm not sure, but they took their own pillow with them so that they would. Have the opportunity of getting the the best possible. Um. It's an interesting story, isn't it? Because the people are
2: making fun of the whole process of you know well, where is this going to end and so forth and and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, even sort of toilet humour came in and various other things came in. But uh, as you said, you know the mattresses, the pillows, the amount of sleep, and you know going into really real finite detail in every single nook and cranny, really. And uh, put, it delivered results and it's there now as a story that often many leaders talk about. And, and uh, one of the ones that, that, uh, that I mentioned, another book that I mentioned to you was a chap called James Clear. You know, and he's an author of Atomic Habits, which, uh, which is, again, I'm promoting other people's sort of work here and, and, and publications here. But it is definitely one of these where even if you don't read the whole book but i think there's certain concepts in there that you could youtube on video and and get you know those sort of concepts of understanding of what that means and the power of uh, atomic habits and really the power of tiny gains and and it talks really about you know how you can improve everything by a small margin by a percent and you know how that Small margin can make an incremental and a significant difference, and I think one of the examples that James Clear is 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 very well known for is about saying that if you make one percent improvement every day, then at the end of the year you're going to be something like 37 or 38 times better uh, in terms of where you're going to be um, in terms of positioning. So it's just one percent. Every day, 365 days a year will get you to a position where you're 37 times better than you were when the world started 365 days ago. And on, on the other side, it's small losses or 1% worse every day. If you're 1% worse uh, uh, every day, then you're uh, you're going to be in a position where you're something like, I don't know, that 003 three of where you where you would have been, so you know you would have lost nearly everything. So I think it's a fantastic read. He talks really about how habits, small habits, can get you to your end goals. And I, th- I think there's some some quotations. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but I don't want to get it too wrong. It's something like, you know, if, if you you can't get to the hundred percent without looking at the ninety nine percent. So you know, it's 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 it's, it's things like that. And these habits, these small habits, are the small decisions that you can make every day.
1: Uh, but of course, you know, it's not just the practical as well. It's, it's a psychological impact that small changes can make. I mean, I don't know if you can remember... Uh, do you remember when England won the Rugby World Cup? They beat Australia in the in the yeah. final, uh, and Clive Wood, Sir Clive Wood was in charge at that time. And one of the things that he always used to get his teams to do at halftime, he always get got them to put on a new kit, a new clean piece of kit, and that wasn't just because he wanted them to look good. Because you know it was all part of this philosophy that the first half has gone, we're going into the second half. Whether we've done well or badly in the first half, that's in the past. You're in a new strip and and, and we're starting again. And that was all about the psychology of getting people to genuinely feel that they were – and it was a, a marginal marginal gain. But he used to reckon that it made a huge difference to the performance of the players. But for, from a business perspective – um. Well, any tips any thoughts about the marginal gains that you can yeah, yeah. apply I mean, before, before we business. go into the business part of
2: it i mean i, I remember the bus um I, I think there was a fantastic uh, reception yeah definitely, definitely memorable and 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 it's not just about sport, is it anyway you know we're now going on to business but it isn't just about sports but i think sports gives you the examples that that we sometimes need to relate to personal life and it's like I think you and I have spoken about this in the past where, you know, we're trying to pretend to be or we're trying to do a marathon immediately or if we sign up to the London Marathon or uh, or any other uh, 5k run lesson even as an example and if we've never really prepared for it or done any exercise we're not going to win or we, we're not going to get much, much gains but if we were consistently sort of preparing for it you know the sort of walking as a habit and running as a habit and making the habit so easy that we can't say no then we've got more chance of of success and success does breed success you know, having small wins is like weight loss or whatever. And these are probably not the best examples for, for myself, but, you know, it does lead lead you on to having that winning mentality, the winning mindset, and, and hopefully gets you to go further and improve. But going into the question you said in terms of business and, and making improvements, I mean, we, you know, in our, in our organization and organizations, I'll say, uh, you know, we continuously have to, uh, look to uh, provide value in, in what we do. I mean, I've mentioned tendering right at the beginning, you know, procuring contracts, and a lot of it is uh, innovation. It's continuous improvements, and innovation isn't massive, big changes. Um, most of the time, it's small improvements regularly. That's what we would say is also in, in innovation and, and in improvements. So from, my, from our perspective, it's really trying to give more for less, And, you know, when you're in a competitive environment, you know, you're looking to get that competitive advantage. And most of the time it is about where you can make these improvements. So in the care business, you know, we're logistically planning uh, visits, you know, timings and so forth. So there's a lot of rostering going on, a lot of time management going on, a lot of planning of resources, planning teams. um, And it's is very much like a transportation type company because rather than having lorries and and vehicles, I mean, we have got vehicles that we're obviously using to get the carers going from home to home, but it's predominantly looking at the needs of the people and the carers that we have and aligning together without having too much change. So you're continuously looking for those improvements, trying to, you know, you were already working on wafer-thin waiver, uh, sort of margins, and it's really where you can make those incremental improvements continuously. Uh, so when it comes to say finance as an example, they're slightly e- easier. So you start off with a premise that uh, what you measure, what you focus on can can be improved. So if you start off measuring, you know, if you, if you measure something, you can no doubt make improvements to it. Uh, you start looking for patterns, you start looking at the data. And data is a, is a huge part to this in terms of really understanding the information that you've got, understanding uh not only the information that you have, but uh the story behind it as well, the narrative you know, so you've got a sense of what's caused uh the the data to be where it is it's you know a lot of the time it's about segmenting the data, it's about sorting the data, it's about arranging the data in a way that is un, it's understandable, it's not data for the sake of data, and I think most of these marginal gains has to do with how you record things. How you understand things, how you actually, how you get your management information. And from that, you should be able to then make decisions, better decisions. And really start that data explained with the story that then gets you to in a position where you can start suggesting solutions, you know, start suggesting improvements, testing, measuring, continuous testing, measuring, looking at trends, predicting to try and a little bit get ahead of the curve as to say, you know, so it is to be in a position where that data is helping you to drive the business and if i go back to the examples one of the examples that i know you and i have spoken about and 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 our listener will probably think you know you know we have what sort of conversations we 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 seem to have but one of the conversations you and i have had is sort of looking at you know how say one percent reduction in uh sort of stock you know
1: what would be the net gain for that i think the key the key with Marginal gains, in, in my opinion, is, is about sustainability. It, it's about doing something and doing it regularly. I, I know somebody who went to the, to the doctor for an MOT. Yeah. And they, they, went, they, 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 they didn't exercise a lot and they, they ate and drank rather too much. And at the end of the MOT, because they knew the doctor quite well, and they said, well, what's the verdict, doc? And the doctor said, well, um, if you're reading any books, I wouldn't make them long ones. Oh, <laughs> so he said, "Is it, is it that bad, Doc?" She, yeah. uh, and the doctor said, "Well, uh, yes." He said, "You're not in good good condition at all." Mm. And he said, "Right, Doc, I promise you, Doc." He said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna start running two miles every day, and I'm going to I'm gonna uh, cut myself to fifteen hundred calories a day." And the doctor looked up and said, "No, don't do that." She said, "Do something that you can sustain." She said. I'll be quite happy if you if you go out and you promise me you'll walk for fifteen minutes every day, and you'll cut out the biscuits and the crisps and the beer. I'll buy that because she knew that the, it the, wasn't, the first was not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But but if he set himself some you know marginal gains, some small things that could be achieved. I mean, she also said make sure that when you're in a building, rather than use the lift, walk up the stairs. And that, for me, that's what marginal gains is all about. It's about doing little things, but doing them regularly. And I think that applies in business. It's got
2: to be in built in built within the organisation, isn't it? It's you know, there's there's you know, if you can create a culture where it's continuous improvements regularly, uh, and you know, you know, your your team is aware of sustainability, continuity. Then, then you know these things are in, embedded within the organization. You've got more chance of you continually doing it. So you know, going back to you know what you're measuring, what you you know hopefully will improve, goes back to your sort of KPIs, key performance indicators. You know what are those, uh, and and how you measure progress, how you may measure success, and it's the 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 journey that you're on in terms of uh, in, in terms of reporting on that, and and then then it then it falls about you know how do you make that habit so easy that you're not going to you're not going to say no to it and how do you how do you keep that going some of that could be about communicating some of that some of that could be in terms of you know having accountability partners some of that could be committing yourself uh publicly as well in terms of you know where we are so you're committed to 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 the cause really creating an environment a team environment so you know the the ownership is with with everybody, it's not just one person who is there to continue to look for these cases, it's it's a team effort and uh, you know you're all pushing in that same same direction. So you know that culture of peer accountability, that culture where each other is trusted to pull through and do their bit and everybody understands the numbers and re- you know you created a, a data-driven, data-led culture and business and I think uh, you know, you'd be in a position where the data then helps you to improve and continuously improve. It's not just you know one 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 lot of improvement, but it's continuous improvement.
1: Planning is you know it it can take a little bit of time, but it can be Enormously productive in terms of um, of making marginal gains. I don't know. Have you ever have you ever come across the four boxes uh, program with um, time management?
2: Oh, the urgent, important. Um, uh, sort yeah, urgent, important, and non-urgent, non-important, and important, and
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, the, as, you, as you say, urgent and important, which is you know the house is on fire, so we better get out. that speaks for itself. And then there's the, the one that so often gets neglected, which is the important but not urgent. In other words, the thing that you can put off. It is important and it will make a lot of difference, but you haven't got to do it today. And so much gets left in that box.
2: And we, also, you know, so and then we a, all tend to spend our time on the non-important and the non-urgent.
1: We often spend so much time on the things that are not important, but they appear to be urgent. And again, of course, they're not, not urgent and they're not important. Basically, don't do them. Just don't bother. But that's, uh, for me, a very good example. I'll I tell you another example where, a practical example from business of something which was very simple and didn't cost very much but made a huge difference. One of the airlines that was incredibly successful in the United States was Southwest Airlines. And they were a short uh, well, in United States terms, it's a big country, but they were a, a low-cost low um, internal carrier. And what they decided to do is they wanted to try and, reduced the turnaround times when the the aircraft were on the ground because, you know, aircrafts are expensive things and they cost a lot of money and and they're better off in the air earning earning than just sitting on the ground not doing so. One of the big factors with that is the turnaround time, you know, between landing and taking off with the next load of passengers. So they introduced a very simple scheme where they paid everybody in the company or or everybody on each flight got $50 if they... um, If they met the turnaround time and fifty dollars, you know, it's not a lot of money. It wasn't a lot of money. You know, if you're a pilot or a captain, it's not a lot of money. But if you're one of the other team members, you know, like the you know who cleans the aircraft or or does some of the other jobs, it's it's quite useful to have an extra fifty dollars. And what they found was that if by introducing this scheme, there was a lot of peer pressure from the people like the, the you know the aircraft cleaners and the, and the maintenance people who were not so well paid, there was a lot of pressure on the pilots and the other members of the team to meet the target, and 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 that you know cost peanuts really in in terms of what it costs to run an airline. But it made a huge difference. It was a huge marginal gain, um, and of course, applied across the whole fleet. and you know there were a lot of airplanes in that company when it was when it was doing very well and it, it, it made a huge difference. It cost very, very little and, and, and for me, that was quite a you know a good example of a, of a marginal gain from just doing a bit of thinking about what what you can do. I think,
2: to, I think every business to a certain level, if they can start understanding and breaking down their. Business processes, um, you, you can they can start questioning why they do certain things and how important that is, and it's really mapping that out. But you start off with really questioning your your business process, understanding your business process, understanding the journey, and uh, you know whether it's a customer journey or whether it's a journey in terms of recruitment or whatever the case is, breaking that process down and then looking at where can we slice things in terms of improving? What can we do in terms of you know customer experience? What can we do in terms of the quality? What can we do in terms of cost savings? So it's not just about cost savings. As a result of that, hopefully the end result will be that the customer gets a better service. Uh, the business creates a high-performance uh, culture, high-performance team, and uh, as a business, you're delivering more. And It is about really... Squeezing that more out and, and part of that will be understanding firstly about recording certain things. And, you know, there might be certain things that are just not recorded. People do certain, but, you know, we talk about processes or uh, activity. There's no recording mechanism. So you've got to start off with measuring, testing, measuring really. And, and measuring is your first journey into this and uh, best measuring the right things in the right way and being able to do something with it. Uh, and that, that seems to be the key, really, that data-driven culture. But it's also getting that information back so you can, you in in a, in a way, which is the right level of information, not too much information at the right time. Is it reliable? If you get that right information, then you can make certain decisions. And It's continuous improvement and continuous testing, measuring, and really being able to do those what-if analysis and what-if uh, opportunities, really. Uh, not just for the data that not just for a data for a tick box purpose or a data for the sake of recording purpose, but really understanding the purpose behind it is to make those continuous improvements. So that that's that's your general sort of take on this. And I think we all can learn lessons from this. We spoke about sports, we've spoken about, you know, business per se. But it really is about optimizing and, you know, performance driving. And we all, I think, in our organisations want to have a high-performance culture, high-performance environment, really, you know, a, it is about reduction in some cases, but it's about really getting more
1: and really understanding that and, and putting it, put it together really. In the little bit of time that we've got left with this episode, I just want to just throw in one, one, one bit of caution. I think the the problem is that all these things are great, but the challenge I think is making sure that you know people don't say oh this is a really good idea and then they do it for, for a couple of weeks and then they revert back to type, I mean that's a really big problem, let me just very quickly give you an example, I'm a very poor golfer but I've got somebody who's helping me with my, my golf and he showed me a, a, a new way of gripping the club um, which feels a bit unnatural but we did some work on it, and I find that, you know, out of my, in my long shots, I'm getting a sort of an extra 15, 10, 15 yards out of the shot. But the danger is that, of course, you know when I'm next on my own and I haven't got him watching me, I'll revert back to type and go back to my by my, my old, more comfortable grip that wasn't as effective. So how do, you, how do you make sure that you know the sustainability bit is kept to?
2: I mean, if I go back to you know, I mentioned James Clear, and and you know, I am a fan, and James Clear has got a website as well, uh, which is jamesclear dot com, and, and he and he and he's got this saying, which is never miss twice. You know, be in a position where um, you know, it, make the habit so easy. You know, really make it easy. Sometimes I see, you know, there's a team member or you know, he's looking at possibly taking a little bit of work home or to read and he'll print reams and reams and reams of paper and I'm thinking, is he ever going to read that? I mean, obviously, you know, we're trying to get a paperless society as well, but that's just an example. And I'm thinking, you know what, the likelihood of you getting through that is low. So you start off with small habits, isn't it? Whether it's reading half a page or whatever and make the habit so easy that you can't say no. A lot of it, I think, is is to do with getting to be in a position where that habit becomes habitual,
1: you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it, it, it becomes a way, a, and it becomes, a habit way becomes of, a habit, a way of life. You know, so, yeah, yeah. You know, so your activity becomes Absolutely becomes right. becomes, becomes, right. Becomes,
2: right. Right. becomes habitual. But uh, you know, different things like peer peer accountability. You've got two team members working together. You know, you've got you know what you measure can be improved. So you know, if you don't measure anything, and it's it's all of these sort of things collectively. Uh, and he's having that sort of sense of direction. So, if, on this particular topic, I think there's a dearth of information out there. And anybody who wants to look at marginal improvements, marginal gains, one degree difference, or any of those sort of, you know, people use those titles in, in, you know, the interchangeably, uh, do have a look at David Brailsford. That you know, that story itself is is a remarkable story and uh that that whole journey that's definitely interesting james clear after this upteen times i can't recommend that book enough really it's it's fantastic not just the book the website the the videos the other podcast that james Clare does and i think just having that in your dna will make you no know, ends of improvements in your in your life generally and no doubt in your business as well
1: absolutely and 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 while we're recommending books, I mean, uh, Matthew Syed, we mentioned at the very beginning, uh, an excellent book called Black Box Thinking, which I would recommend to anybody. And I'd also recommend the, the Canny Bites books, your books. Oh, thank uh, you. Rebel the, Ideas, the, the, the again, three, for The three, society, the three, the three, the three yeah. business books, I'd yeah. recommend those. Yeah. And, and I'd love to carry on, but um, time has defeated us again. So let's curtail this uh, canny conversation with a cause and um, let's hope that we'll back soon and invite uh, listeners to subscribe and if they like us and that would be wonderful
0: thanks for listening to this canny conversation with a cause these conversations are based upon the canny bites books by safrazali available on amazon to find out more go online and visit saf's website pathwaygroup.co.uk or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safras at pathwaygroup.co.uk This is a 1386 audio production.